Morning, everyone. Good morning. Today's text comes from Psalm 24. The way that I saw this text break down for today was as follows. In verses 1 and 2, it establishes the scope of God's control, which is the entire world and everyone who dwells in the world, as well as the reason why he is the proper one who is in control, and that's because he founded and established the earth. And then in verses 7 to 10, it highlights who God is. He is the King of glory, who is strong and mighty. And all of this to set up this kind of amazing fact in verses 3 through 6, which says that this God, the one who rules over all the world and who is strong and mighty, it's this God who invites all of us to come into his presence. So verse 3 says, Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord, and who shall stand in his holy place? God is holy, 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 as Isaiah 6 says. The whole earth is full of his glory. Before God's holiness, we get a true picture of ourselves as sinners who cannot stand in his presence. Um, In Isaiah 6, uh, Isaiah sees a vision of the Lord and cries out, Woe is me, for I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So let's think about how amazing it is, though, that even though God is holy, he invites us to relate to him. But there is a qualification. In verse 4 of this psalm, uh, the condition is that we must have clean hands and a pure heart, not lift up our soul to what is false, and not swear deceitfully. So maybe because this is basically uh, an essential Judeo-Christian doctrine, but I thought about this fact that God's invitation to relate with Him can be, well, a little bit ho-hum. It's something that we know and that we have told others and we can understand this ourselves. So God might seem having to be a little bit ordinary, like relating with Him is not that big of a deal. Kind of like when I hear my kids pray, which I think is great that they pray, but I often wonder how much do they really understand that sense of who God is. And it's this funniest, cutest truth that my little child is trying to relate with the almighty king of the universe. Of course, because they're so young, they can't really possibly understand all of that. But I think about whether we ourselves get a little bit too used to that fact. So maybe it's a little bit dull to that idea that we're relating with God, but it would be something like this. Imagine the king of England inviting some random peasant to come and ascend the hill of his castle, to come and stand in his mighty company and the company of the nobles, and to dine in the fellowship with him. It's something that's actually quite unheard of and almost comical if it wasn't actually true. But as Andrea said, there are qualifications. So he is, after all, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He's strong and mighty, as we mentioned. And as Andrea said, he's holy, holy, holy. So for us to be able to ascend the hill of the Lord and then to stand in a holy place, we cannot simply expect to be received in our normal state. There are three qualifications, clean hands and a pure heart, meaning in both our actions and our motivations, we examine and know that we are innocent to not lift up our souls to what is false. In other words, we are not to have any idolatry, that God is truly supreme, that we don't chase after or live for other things. And then finally, does not swear deceitfully, which is to be people who tell the truth. Now, commentators note here that this psalmist, what he says here is linked a lot to what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 8 in the Beatitudes, when Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart. So if the qualification is purity of heart and hands, then there is a very deep need for us to self-examine. If we're called to live lives free of idolatry, we have to be careful to carefully self-examine whether or not there are idols growing in our lives. But self-examination, this reflecting over our motives, this uncovering of idolatry that might be slowly growing in our lives, we are often very wary of actually doing this. So I think oftentimes we avoid self-examination 
We don't want to think honestly about ourselves and have to confront painful truths about who we are. We prefer to think on a shallow level so that we can feel okay about ourselves. A lot of times we try to hide or dismiss what we're really thinking or feeling in order to keep up a spiritual image. However, this kind of pretense leads us further and further away from God. We cannot come before Him if we are being false. I was thinking about how much we need self-examination and how our motives get so easily mixed uh, just day to day. For example, are we doing ministry out of devotion to God or out of a desire to do a good job to advance our own glory and gain recognition in our church? Because so often we start off with the right motives, but so quickly pride and ego get mixed in. But God invites us to keep bringing our hearts before Him and be honest in confession so that our motives can be purified. And when we confess, He promises to cleanse us from our sin and give us the righteousness of Jesus. So this invitation to self-examination, it really should lead us to a greater sense of humility, which ultimately is a cry for mercy, which is a cry for Jesus in my place. Like the song that Chris Tomlin sings, Give Us Clean Hands, which I will not sing for you, it really does hit this point. How is it possible? I for one think that it's completely impossible. So the cry of that song is, Lord, please give me clean hands. Give me clean heart. Let my heart not chase after another idol, another thing. So Jesus invites us to daily examine, confess, and acknowledge who we truly are. And by doing so, to find that our need for God's mercy, which is our need for Jesus, grows more and more each day. I want to really challenge and, and exhort all of us to do this, especially as we're in the season of Lent, as we're getting ready for Good Friday, to come and to see that the Lord, the God who is strong and mighty, who is mighty in battle, the Lord who is the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, He's inviting each one of us to come and to fellowship with Him. And as we get to experience more and more, what we'll see is that we can receive the Lord's blessing and the Lord's righteousness, as it says in verse 5, that we can relate with God and that He wants to relate with each one of us. That in fact, that when He receives us, He gives us His mercy and we're covered and cleansed. What a wonderful picture verse 6 is as we end. It says, For the generation who earnestly seeks Him, for those who examine themselves and find that daily need of God's mercy, for those who seek, He will be found by them. I hope you guys have a great day. Bye-bye.